G'day, welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. I'm John Merch. Annie Dresner's debut album was Strangers Who Knew Each Other's Name. By 2018, an album broken into pieces arrived to welcoming ears that had the lead single, Don't Go. Now the latest album is Coffee at the Corner Bar. Annie has worked with producer as well as singer-songwriter Paul Goodwin on the album and has co-written with Matthew Kors of Nada Surf, who features on tune Midnight Bus. Nearly a decade ago, they moved from their hometown of New York City to the UK, where from Cambridge there, they join us today. Welcome to Radio Notes. Thank you so much. Hi. Congratulations on the new album. It's been two weeks at the time that we're having this chat. Let's be honest, how are you feeling about the record now that it's out? Honestly, I'm, if it's okay to say this, I'm happy with it. I am really proud of the record that we made and it seems like the people who have listened to it have been nice about it. When were you first introduced to photography? I've always loved looking at old family photographs, like black and white photographs of my grandparents and great grandparents. And when I was about probably 14, my stepdad gave me his old manual camera. He's a botanist and he used to do field studies a lot. And so he had these cameras for, I guess, photographing his findings and plants and stuff. And anyway, because I had an interest in it, he taught me how to use the cameras and they were obviously film. And then I just always sort of carried it around with me. And then in college, I studied print photography. So I would spend probably about 10 hours a week in the dark room printing and processing my own photographs and film. And then I just carried on. And then I worked for a photographer and filmmaker named Neil Leifer, who's an outstanding sports photographer for about four years in New York City, where I'm from, as his assistant doing like film producing and stuff like that. Being around somebody who's like such a phenomenal photographer was very great because I could say, could you look at this picture? And he would say, cool, but like maybe try this next time. So it was sort of awesome. And then carried on. And that's the other thing that I do. I do portrait photography and I really love it. Honestly, I love it almost as much as I like doing music, but not quite. In one of the film clips, and I want to get this prop out of the way because I'm afraid it's going to fall off the table next to me. And it is the month of September when we record. So I want to introduce you to this this little fella <laughs> who I've had for Amazing. a number. So I'd like to know, I'm, I'm, you, you'll be able to explain it better than I can, but I got this from Harndorf. So who's the main character that features in your September film clip as I put them to one side? So I think it's a boy named Pinocchio. The one that's in my film, I'm actually really annoyed because we moved and I've lost his nose. And that particular Pinocchio was my mother's. Her mom is from Italy. And so that Pinocchio came from Italy. So I just have it. He was the star of my music video September, which I was saying to my husband, Paul, the other day, because I watched it for the first time in years, I showed my daughter. I still really like it. That's like my main masterpiece in life. It is your Pinocchio. He used to live on a the high bookshelf. I'm not sure it was my mother's before. I'm not sure how old it was. And unfortunately, I've lost his nose. What's your favorite song to cover? Is it the Magnetics Field, The Book of Love, or is it another? That song, by the way, features on the record. So I never really covered very many songs. The only one I ever recorded was The Book of Love. 
I really, really love that. My friends were getting married and they asked me to sing a song at their wedding, some of my songs. And I was like, I don't think he wanted me to sing any of my, I did sing September because that's like nice. But the rest of them, I was like, I don't think these are wedding songs. They're all about breakups and death. And so I sang this to them because they're both like one of my friends, she's a poet and her husband's like the literary guy. That's why I chose that song. And I do really love it, but I also love a song. I did do a cover of it as a demo and I might do it as a proper recording at some point. It's Elliot Smith's Between the Bars. Um, I haven't done it in a long time, but I, I really, I forgot about it and I really like it. So stay tuned and you can, can find it on my SoundCloud. It actually, I think it might have the most listens of any of my SoundCloud songs, weirdly. I really like that song. Now, we should mention at this point that you're actually a native of New York. How would you describe that move from New York to Cambridge in the UK? Because New York is somewhere in that mix. Born in New York, and I met my husband, Paul Goodwin, who produced the album. We met at an open mic in New York City, and he lived in Cambridge. He's British. And then I moved here, and I live here now. What was happening in New York before that change in your life? In my life, when I met Paul, what was happening in my life before I moved here? A lot, I guess. Uh, When I met Paul, I was working for Neil, uh, the photographer, and we met. And I I moved here maybe a year after we met, which is kind of insane. The night that I met Paul, I had actually just gone to a, a class to teach me how to do voiceovers because I was interested in doing that. I had no intention on meeting anybody because I just didn't and went to a bar to go play music and met him there. Um, and musically, I had I've taken offline. So only a select few people have that lot and going out to open mics and, and doing gigs here and there and stuff like that. Uh, and then Shortly after meeting him, I decided to record an album, which is Strangers Who Knew Each Other's Name. So I recorded that album like that year. And then it came out about a month before I moved to England. And now in 2020, talking about that debut album, a number of the cuts are going to appear on a film. So yeah, so that was really nice. I got contacted by the director, Richard. Uh, the film is called Drive Me to the End, and it's an indie film, which I think is actually pretty good. I enjoyed watching it, and it was like, the, it's good. He contacted me and asked if he could use my music in his film, and obviously I said he could. Songs he chose were from the first album, and especially with Fly, that song I wrote with a very specific intent. I decided I wanted to write a song that sounded like it could be commercially, could be radio-y and could maybe be in a film or like, like I wanted to write a syncable song. And I wrote that one evening in my apartment. And so it synced, it worked like 10 years later. I won't ask you to give the plot away, but I want to know whether or not you're emotionally moved by your own music while watching the film. That's a really hard question to answer. I was more like, oh my gosh, he used so much of the songs. That's amazing. I'll have to watch it again. I'm emotionally moved by the film. I think that the way that the songs are used are effective, but I'm not, it's hard because I'm, they're like my songs, but that's an interesting question. 
I think that the film is really, really well done. I think it's edited really well. I, I think it's really well made. So I think it is effectively used. Did Cigarette get a shining in it? It didn't. So it's Fly, Strangers Who Knew Each Other's Names and Come Back. 2018 was broken into pieces, which has Don't Go on it. Don't Go, I that so that I co-wrote with, my fr- with Nigel Stonier, who produced the album. We actually wrote that as well. Basically, I had however many songs were on it, one less than how many are on it. And we were like, we don't really have a single. So we were like, let's try to write a single. So we wrote that in like an hour for two hours in the studio. Like I came up with a bit and then he came up with a bit. Musically, I mean, people do seem to like it and I'm proud of it. For me with like getting anywhere with music, it's like a very slow, like I imagine a snail climbing Mount Everest and it just goes very slowly and has no idea where it's going. That's how I feel. When that snail gets to the top of Mount Everest, even though it doesn't know where it's going, what is it hoping to find at the top of that mountain? <laughs> Ideally, I'd like to have, like, I don't know why I have this number in my head, probably because I think I read an article like 10 years ago about how this is, how to make it or something as an indie musician. I'd like to have like 10,000 actual fans who want to listen to the music, support the music, come to my gigs. Like, I think that I would be very happy with that. I'd like to sync more of my music. I do feel like some of it actually is suitable to that. And I just want it to get heard. I think it would be really cool to get into songwriting as like a, like a job, like not for my own self. I just think it'd be fun to have to write whatever song in kind of whatever style and try to do that. So those are the things that I would like to try to do. The topic of choice I've chosen for you is that of photography. We did move away a little for various reasons, but I want to draw you back into that. Have you ever had the chance to show any of your photography to your stepfather? Uh, I never really thought about it. <laughs> Maybe I'll send him some of it. I'm sure he's seen it. I just never really thought about it, which is kind of weird. I'll send him an email after we get off the phone. What do you enjoy most about the camera? I feel like the thing I'm good at with photography, I just love portraits of people. I think they're fantastic. I love looking at it. I love the kind of paintings I like or like photographs. I love realistic, like realist paintings that are, I just like kind of candid looking shots. I like doing portraiture because I like interacting with the subject. When did you learn the idea of the subject in photography? And I guess what I'm talking about that is the skills. So we've mentioned when you got the camera, when you started taking photos, where you are now, but when did you learn about the skill set required? I guess I did some stuff on my own, but I, I guess in college, studying like art history and taking photography classes and having specific projects to complete. I remember one, we had to emulate a photographer for one of the projects we did. And I chose Cindy Sherman because her photos are like super weird and I like them, but they don't look anything like what I do now. Well, she also made films. So they were like very, they looked like film stills, a lot of them. And they were like kind of creepy. I thought about her for a long time. As an aside, she made a film called Office Killer, which I saw at MoMA in New York. And it is super weird and I would recommend it. Do you like the super weird? Normally not. I just think I thought I like this film. Molly Ringwald was in it and Carol Kane, and it's just like a really weird film. I thought it was funny. I think it was meant to be funny. 
Who are the strong female role models in your life? Uh, my mother, my grandmother, my great aunt. On this record, if you don't mind talking about it, you've put a companion song, I believe, for How Am I Supposed to Be in Dogwood. Is that how those two sit in your mind, that those two songs do have some interrelation play? I mean, they're both about my mom who died, so. Did she bring great inspiration to your musical output? My mother was very proud of me. There was like a lot of music in my house growing up. My my whole family played a lot of music. My mother didn't play an instrument, but she really loved music and she uh, used to do dance. So I'm sure that just my upbringing like had influence. And my mother was a really good writer, like actually of like writing. And she was, so I'm sure in that sense, I've never really thought about it in that sense, probably in certain ways. And weirdly, I sound a bit like her. <laughs> so in that way, maybe. Because lyrically of that first song, you sing Look For You In Me, what did she teach you that has influenced the music that you now produce? I'll just say that with strangers who knew each other's names, I started it before she passed away. And we would like sit and listen to um, the beginning recordings and stuff like that, which was really nice. I got to share some of it with her. And the only reason why I was able to finish it is because I knew she would have wanted me to. And I think, I carry that through with perseverance. And future projects that you've done as well, clearly, as well. I don't give up too easily. I probably got that from her. Hi, I'm Rishi K. Shirway. And I'm Joshua Molina. We're from the West Wing Weekly, and you're currently listening to Radio Notes. Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, and those in life chat music and more. You can join us on The West Wing Weekly for an episode-by-episode breakdown of the television show The West Wing. Josh was the star of the show, and we give you behind-the-scenes insights and deep dives into the issues raised in the storylines of the show. You can find us on radiotopia.fm or through your favorite podcaster. For now, back to John Merch and Radio Notes. Speaking about the record, there is a cover. There's also a co-write and a duet on there from someone who brought out an album called Never Not Together, which became a bit of an ironic title for 2020. What musical partnership have you have with Matthew Kors of Nada Surf? Matthew's a friend of ours that we met. We're both from New York and we happen to both live in Cambridge, England. And we met at a local pub my husband and I were at and... I was like, oh my God, somebody else from New York. And we were speaking about bagels because I was very, I still am quite homesick, but this was only about, maybe I've been living here about six months or so. And I just was very excited to see somebody else from New York. And so that's how we met. And then Matthew was really kind to play guitar and put some harmonies down on my last album, Broken Into Pieces. Like years and years ago, one evening, we just decided to try to write a song together, which is now Midnight Bus on my current album in choosing the songs for the album I was like I'd like to maybe try to record this and so we finished the song once again he was incredibly kind to play guitar on the track and sing on it and it was really nice the end part where Matthew is singing like lyrically I can take no credit for the creativity in writing that because he wrote he was like recording the guitar and doing the ooze and harmonies and then that came back with it which was like a really nice gift for the album that he added to it 
big-hearted musician as well who's willing, as you're saying there, to, to give what, what he can as well. What's your thoughts on Never Not Together, the album? Have you listened to it and what do you think of it? I have listened to it. I really, really love Matthew's music. I think it's really, really good. It's really, I think that all of the music that he's put out and uh, produced is excellent. So I would recommend it. One more question on Matthew and Nada Surf before we get dive straight back into your good self is, well, it actually involves you. So let's talk about it is the current promo photography for this very record, which is where I was sort of heading in my (laughs) vague kind of Australian way. Wow. You shared with us that you're about portraiture, about the subjects, that connection to every member of Nada Surf in that photo. If you don't mind, can you talk us through the shooting of the promo photography for Nada Surf's Never Not Together record? So Matthew texted me and was just like, do you want to try to take a photo for the band? So I was like, that sounds cool. Genuinely grateful that he asked me to do that. And yeah, so we all just took a little walk to a local field and took those photos for a couple of hours. And it was really great that he asked. And I'm really pleased that they were able to use the the photos. I'm really proud of it. Actually, funny that you should bring it up because I was an au pair in Germany um, many years ago. And the the one of the kids who's now like not a kid anymore, he sent me a picture from the U-Bahn or S-Bahn in Germany today with that poster up. And I was like, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> Never Not Together is now Surf's new record. It was out on the February 7th, 2020. Has it encouraged you to do more band portraiture and photography in the future? I would really like to. I really would like to try to do that. I think it'd be fun to do that. So yes. What kind of portraiture have you been enjoying in these times in Cambridge in the UK? A couple of months into lockdown, I decided to try to raise money for um, our local hospital, Addenbrooke's in Cambridge by taking doorstep photos I was also going a bit out of my mind and I hadn't like been anywhere. I was was very, and still I'm being quite careful to be honest, but I was like, I'm going to try to raise, I think it was 1500 pounds that I wanted to raise. I think it was something like 53 portraits of different families in about 10 days. And we managed to exceed that. So that was pretty great. And then I was like, I can't take any more photos for a while. I had to start saying no, because it was like, a lot of work, but it was really fun and I enjoyed it. And it was really nice too, because we hadn't seen anyone in, or I hadn't seen anyone obviously in months. Uh, and I kept meeting all these different people and some of them were like friends of friends. Some were like completely random strangers and it was just interesting and nice. And I think it was nice for the subjects as well, because everyone was feeling the same way I was and just like excited to be doing something for a good cause. And just interacting with somebody outside of their household. Were you seeing people take a bit of pride in where they lived by being on their doorstep and going, yeah, this is our family. This is what we represent. This is the home we've made for ourselves. Some people, a couple that comes to mind who have a lot of flowers in front of their home and they were definitely really proud of their car because they specifically were like, could you take one with us? Like, with like the hood of our car. So I was like, sure. And so, and their garden was really pretty. So they had, they definitely had a lot of pride. And there was also an artist who built like a tree house on his property. So I took his portrait in front of his studio, which was like a tree house that he built. And it was cool. 
I like seeing fun, cool places. We're currently in conversation with Annie Dressner. The latest album is called Coffee at the Corner Bar. So I was having a coffee at the corner bar. I was an au pair in Germany. So that song is about a time of my life when I was living in Hamburg, Germany. And like, obviously about a specific kind of memory that I had during that time. And uh, I met a friend of mine there. Like we met up rather to have a coffee at a place called House 73. I'm not going to try to say it in German because I did an interview actually on a German radio station about a week ago and my German is evidently not very good. But anyway, it's like House 73. It's in Hamburg. It was about that place. Yeah. And it's all, and that lyric is out of my song, Pretend. That's on the record. Polly Polsima seems to be a great musical sister of some sort. Who is Polly? Can we talk them up for a moment? Of course. I love Polly. Polly and I met actually because of Twitter, but really because of the Cambridge Folk Festival. When I played it the first time, she was playing at the festival and I was playing at the festival and I was sad I missed her set. I think it was maybe at the same time. And I tweeted her and I was like, I really would have liked to see you play because I really would have liked to have seen her play. And then, so then, I don't know, we decided we would go meet up for a coffee. And it turns out that we live around the corner from one another. Like literally she's like a two minute walk from my house. And so we were like, let's try to get together one time and write a song. And then we wound up meeting like every Tuesday and Thursday morning for a couple of hours and would write. And that was awesome. And then we only wound up recording. She's like one of my really close friends. And we just went on tour last February, but, and it was super fun. And we played in each other's bands uh, for 10 nights and like, it was great, but yeah, we recorded one single only, a Christmas single years ago under the name The Pollyanna Band. Yeah, we have songs we've written that we haven't yet recorded. Frankly, I've been really busy because I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. So that sort of, we were playing a lot and then I got pregnant and then life took over. But we'll see. We might try to record them. But either way, Polly's amazing. Her music's wonderful. She has a project called Pivot, which is on Patreon. And she's been releasing a song a month. And at the end, it's going to be an album. And I've been receiving these songs a month for quite some time. And they're excellent. You should go check it out. Her voice is beautiful. And her songs are beautiful and interesting. And she's really, really, really good at what she does. I believe you are an Annie and never an Anne. But Pollyanna would suggest Anna. Are you strictly an Annie? Uh, yeah, like my legal name is Anne. I've never been called Anne except for in the first grade. I was like, I'm Anne. And they changed all my name labels. And then I was like, I hate this. And they had to change it back. I think I was Anne for like a week or maybe like two days. And I was like, oh, but Pollyanna, it just was because Pollyanna sounded stupid. <laughs> Although I was named after Anna, my grandmother. So we can pretend that that was why we thought of to do that, which it wasn't. Speaking about wonderful people in your life, music, of course, is around the house all the time. Paul Goodwin has some releases out of his own. He also produced your latest record, Coffee at the Corner Bar. Paul is a singer-songwriter as well, and he his albums are really beautiful, and I would recommend listening to them. If you like what you heard on my album, please take note of the fact that other than on Midnight Bus where Matthew played guitars and I played acoustic guitar and sang on all the tracks, Paul played everything else except for the drums and produced it. He's really, really good at 
producing and he produces his own records uh, himself and records and engineers them himself and mixes himself and uh, obviously writes the songs. And if you like sad songs, definitely you should check his album Scars out. When Paul and I first met, he mailed me a copy of Scars and I really loved it, but it was like very sad, but it was very good. And I still married him. So yeah, you'll listen to his music. You'll marry him. Hopefully not if you're not me. Nyack is the lead single of this particular record. I think it has something to do with New York. Is it a New York song? Is it about you yearning to be back home? Nyack is a town maybe like 45 minutes outside of New York City. And I used to go there with my family as a kid. And it was sort of a reflection of that time. or Not sort of. It is a reflection of that time. And I wrote it for my brother. Uh, and so when I told him the name of the song, he was like, did you write about the paw prints? And I was like, I did. And he hadn't listened to the song. So I feel like I succeeded in writing a song that was about a memory that I hoped we had both shared because one of the lyrics in the song is paw prints, well, has paw prints in it. So Hmm. patted myself on the back because I wrote it for him. So, so yeah. Could you describe for us what the Cambridge UK music scene is like and about? Cambridge is not a big place, but there really are a lot of very good musicians around. And if you want to play music, there's definitely like, well, clearly not right now, but like usually in normal times, there's, you could go, there's a lot of like kind of open mics. There's like a folk club that's every few weeks. We have the Cambridge Junction, which is like a really great venue. Uh, The Portland Arms, those are like two quite cool venues that we have here. There's a new one as well, which I haven't been to yet. There is definitely a scene. I mean, it's not the same as like New York or London because just merely the size. But yeah, there's a lot of good music that comes through Cambridge and there's a lot of good music that comes from Cambridge for sure. So Annie, how are you coping with motherhood and music? Have you found that balance? The balance is usually okay, except for when you've all been home for seven months. And then there's no balance in life at all, like everybody else in the world. So I think like all working parents at the moment, it's hard to find time to do everything well. What are some of the life hacks you've been able to incorporate in what you've just said has been seven months? I mean, I didn't really do much music stuff until a couple of weeks before my record came out, frankly, just because I was mainly, I, my kids are little. And so it was mainly just with them and taking care of them and trying to have them not be freaked out that their entire world was like turned upside down and they couldn't see anybody and it's like totally messed up. So that was my main priority. And then since the records come out, I've been working basically all the times that I'm not with my kids, I'm working to try to promote it. So I guess I like having more time with the kids. I guess usually like I would try to work when the kids were at like nursery school or at school, but because we're all home a lot, I have found it challenging because they feel like I'm ignoring them, even though I'm just trying to get some work done because I need to do it, (laughs) but they're okay. They're happy. They're fine. I just feel like, I think probably a lot of parents and mothers can relate to the fact of just always feeling like, you know, you're not doing enough. Has it inspired you to write a children's record at all? You said you did a Christmas single, so it's not out of the question to do a children's album. Uh, Maybe. We'll see. I think, okay, so I'll make it, if I ever get like famous, I'll do a children's album because then people will buy it and hear it. You've now put in that. Like Imogen Heap. 
What I was going to ask regarding that, whether or not the kids have been influencing the musical output as well, either for yourself or for the producer of the record. Not really. I mean, I wrote a song for my son years ago and it was almost on broken into pieces, but I just thought it was too sweet. And the rest of my songs are like so sad. I was like, these don't match, but it's a nice song. My son is, he's written a song and it's good. So that's cool. Um, but no, I don't think I haven't really written them songs yet. I, I play to them and I'll like make up silly songs for them, but they're not songs that I'm, you know, is publishing. your, is your son's song a hit that maybe if you release it, you could put it into a trust fund for him. His song is sweet. I think he wants to record it for fun. And if he wants to put it up, he, we can put it up under whatever name he wants. It was cool though. Cause at the Cambridge folk festival, they had an open mic for children and they could go up and sing a song. And, and he just got up on stage and my friend Luke James Williams, who you should also look up. We went on tour about a year ago now. He was helping run it and he was playing guitar and my son just started singing the song and I thought it was really brave and it was good and it, it's really cute. But now he's written like a chorus and, and in no way are we pushing him to be like a musician other than he does have to take piano because I feel like that's important. But um, yeah, he just, it's a good song. It's actually quite catchy. So I wouldn't take it from him. Like that's his song. Such unpredictable times at the moment, but where do you see this record being in the next six months to a year? Because I know as an independent musician, you, you have all those plans and ideas for it. Where are you thinking your music's going to take you in the next year or two? I have absolutely no idea. I just hope that people will listen to it. I mean, I am an independent musician. I would love if like a label that was appropriate would be interested in my music um and like or just yeah just be nice to have some somewhat of a team but yeah I I do feel very proud of what we've made and had a nice amount of radio play and yeah I mean it just would be nice if that continued and for people to hear it and if people like it for it to be something that they listen to why the sad songs what draws you to the sad song I, I guess when I'm happy, it doesn't motivate me to write. And when I'm upset about something, it's the way I think it's the way that I process things like somebody would write in a journal, like I instead just like start singing my feelings. And then as a performer, you need to do that again and again. How does that work in terms of the therapy of the song? I think the songs change. I think that I always know like what the songs were initially about, obviously, because I wrote them. But I think that from day to day, like the songs can change what they are to me, or I just to sing them like about what they're about. And that's, that's what it is. With a song, how am I supposed to be like that song? I don't play live very often because that's like a really sad song. Thank you very much for sharing today. Annie, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for having me. Annie Dresner. Latest album is Coffee at the Corner Bar, available direct from their website at AnnieDresner.com. Next time, Marcel of The Mini Bikes will be our feature guest. Thanks very much to this week's guest, Annie Dresner. RadioNotesPodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. 
music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.